He's back! Yes, the Conquistador has returned to Sports Frenzy 2.0. Yes, I am much more cultured now that I have seen Yo-Yo Ma perform. Yeah, right. If you believe that, I got oceanfront well, property. And check out the weekend edition because I'm sure he'll have a review of Yo-Yo Ma. <laughs> right? Right? Maybe. <laughs> if yeah. you want it, I can give it. If not, we can skip it. <laughs> How you doing, kids? Welcome back to Sports Frenzy 2.0, here recording May 10th, 2023, dropping on Thursday the 11th, as always. Yes, good to have the Conquistador back. I do my best when I do the solo shows, but it's just not the same. No witty banter, no back and forth, no shut up, Dave. How is that any fun? How is that any fun? All right. A little bit of a slow news week in the world of sports because, of course, we've got a lull with the NFL, the aftermath of the draft. We'll let Dave catch up on that. But first, of course, moving to the front of the priority list for the summer is Major League Baseball. Unfortunately for us, for our two teams. (laughs) Yeah, they're out of it. Although both central divisions are absolutely god-awful horrible. So either team gets hot, they can be right back in it and possibly contend and then get washed out immediately in the playoffs. Yeah, the Cubs, all the goodwill they built up looking spunky, looking like they were going to be a team with a lot of heart, a lot of energy. That all got flushed down the toilet over the last two weeks as they let the Marlins and the Nationals and now the Cardinals beat up on them. So now the Cubs have dropped two games under 500. They play again with St. Louis tonight. Or should I say, St. Louis plays with them like a cat playing with a <laughs> fucking toy. There you go. Cubs are 17 and 19 as we tape. But like Dave said, the NL Central, just like the AL Central, stinks to high heaven. Yep. So even though they're two games under 500, the Cubs are still in third place and still only three games behind the first place and fading Pittsburgh Pirates. Yep. Sox are 13 and 24. Six and a half back of the Twins were only 19 and 17. Yeah, see, now you look at the American League East, where everybody, I think, is above 500. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Yankees are the worst with 21 wins. Yeah. (laughs) So... 21 it and all, 17, it, it's... It all balances out. Yeah. It all balances out. Yeah, it's just painful. I, I cannot... I refuse to waste my time watching god-awful baseball. Crappy pitching, no hitting, horrible defense. I got better things to do than tune in for, for that crap. And now, arguably, your best player is out. Yep, Eloy Jimenez, gone four to six weeks after an emergency appendectomy. Got to make sure that all the muscles heal up so he doesn't tear anything up and further injure himself. And I'm not trying to, to you know, let your wound fester, but... Rupture. What, <laughs> what the hell's wrong with Dylan Cease? 
I don't think he cares right now. I think we alluded to it a couple weeks ago that he wasn't pitching well, but since you were last on the podcast, he, is he has been awful. Imploded. What was it? His last four starts, his ERA is over eight. I mean, he is just ridiculous. I think the Ethan Katz pitching coach experiment needs to be done after this season. Obviously, these guys are not responding in any way, shape, or form to this guy. I don't know if he's not relating things properly or what, but there's a major disconnect in that staff all the way through the bullpen. Big news for the Cubs. They called up Matt Mervis. Okay. Promising prospect, I guess, who's been languishing in the minor leagues for too long. And so they finally brought him up. Okay. Great. He's supposed to be your your first baseman for the next decade. Yeah, I'm sure it's not going to be Trey Mancini or Eric Hosmer. So and I don't I whereas you can sit there and say the White Sox are failing here and here and here. You know, you can pinpoint the areas. I don't know what the Cubs' problem is. It's like when the pitching's good, there's no hitting. When the hitting's good, there's no pitching. It seems like the lineup, I see, I still blame Uncle Ross. Uncle Rossi. You guys know I hate him. I thought that was a terrible hire, and I think the problem is being exacerbated this year with him. Now he's got players. Now he's got Dansby Swanson. He's He's got Hosmer. He's got Bellinger. All statistically playing very well. And somehow the team is under 500. The pitching, Steele is fantastic. I mean, literally, utterly fantastic. He could be in the Cy Young conversation at the end of the year. So how do you have a guy like that pitching, solid, above average hitting, yet your team is under 500? Now, they got no bullpen. I'll admit that. There you go. Stroman's actually pitched well. Yeah, he's looked really good. I don't know what the problem is with the Cubs outside of the manager. The White Sox, we know it's the entire organization. Well, you guys basically ended up throwing that manager under the bus, the new guy. Oh, yeah. He didn't have a chance in hell. No. So part of part of the blame can be for last year, the last two years can be laid at LaRusse's feet, but not everything. You brought a new voice in to guide these players, and it's it's still nothing. Still bad. You still have the same injuries to the same guys. And well, that falls on the front office. Well, at least Dylan Cease is not the only big-name pitcher having an awful, abysmal year. Max Scherzer might have hit the wall. He might be done. It's looking that way, isn't it? We speculated that coming in spring training. Well, we talked about it with the Dodgers. Yeah, where he when wasn't he... able to finish the seasons, the last two seasons. And struggled in the playoffs. Yep. So now, already having neck issues, had to skip a start here this week for the Mets. And, of course, you look at him statistically, his ERA for 2023, 
five and a half. Ouch. And of course, Justin Verlander hasn't pitched much at all because he started the year on the IL. So you've got what almost ninety million over eighty, almost ninety million dollars wrapped Flushed up down the toilet in those two. And this is a lesson, a lesson into all responsibility. You, all you GMs out there, do not give big money to fragile pitchers or pitchers pushing forty. For the love of God. And all I hear from Mets fans on the radio is, oh, this is just Tom Glavin all over again. You know what the definition of insanity is? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Doesn't matter if Scherzer and Glavin are Hall of Famers. They're at the tail end when you got them. Ugh. Speaking of overpaying players, the Twins scuffling along offensively carlos correa batting under 190 the other night booed in minnesota by the fans as he went oh for the night stranding six runners on base not looking good and he admits that he's struggling and the fans does he said if i was a fan i'd be booing me too he knows it so at least in that respect, the Mets might have dodged a bullet. Yeah. Let's start talking about good things in baseball, Dave. Is there anything? Shohei Otani. Always a good thing to talk about. Until somebody overpays him, and then he starts having arm issues, and then he falls apart. But for now... Last week, he joined Babe Ruth as the only players in baseball history with 500 strikeouts pitching and 100 home runs hitting. And I just heard here within the last day or so that he has actually eclipsed Babe Ruth in terms of strikeouts. There you go. And again, who's going to be the sucker to overpay him? See, the, in this the, Yankees. Like, the Angels are the smart ones. Angels, even though... They've wrapped up too damn much money in Anthony and Rendon and Mike Trout. They got the best out of Otani. Yes, yes, they did. They got the ticket sales with Otani being they just at the didn't peak. Didn't have enough money to put a team around him because they sunk it all into two people. I, I just, I, I was joking about it. A couple months ago, talking about the Cubs having Otani money, you know, when Hayward drops off, yeah, you know, this year and Hendricks drops off this year. It, I don't <laughs> want him. I don't because it's a waste of money. He might be good for a year or two, but you're going to have to give him That's fifty or sixty million dollars a year, at least seven, if not more. Yeah. It's You're alluding be ridiculous. to ten. Some somebody will be stupid enough to give him ten. I'm I'm hearing ten years, fifty a year. So five hundred million. Five hundred million dollar deal. We ridiculous. shall ridiculous. Don't do it. Now, interesting news I read today. We know about the A's miserable in Oakland. <laughs> they are just miserable. Miserable just got swept today by the Yankees. 
Still yep. have not reached double digits in wins yet. Nope, they're still sitting on eight, and they still aren't drawing fans at home. Now, good for us. We've got the Texas Rangers in our baseball competition yep. this week, and they've got four lined up now in Oakland. Yes, so, I know. So the I Yankees feasted. Back. The Yankees feasted on them for the first three days of the week. Yeah. Now we get them for the next four, and we got two out of three at Seattle. So yep, not So bad. I'm happy with that after getting one from the freaking Brewers last week. Like we talked about, nobody God. in the NL Central or the AL Central wants to win. But the A's. Now, of course, we we talked about the news here recently where they've already talked about buying a plot of land in Vegas. Yep. They are already working on backup plans. Yes, because they aren't able to get that deal done in time for approval. Yeah. Now, the city is blaming the A's organization, saying they're dragging their feet which is what we've heard from the Bay Area politicians that Oakland was dragging their feet on working with them. So it's not news that that's happening. Now, supposedly there's a tax incentive issue as well. Yeah. Involving $500 million that's on the table that might not be on the table. Yeah, because they want to do the stadium and do an entertainment complex, the hotels and restaurants and bars thing. Yeah. So now the intriguing thing is, if you've ever been to Las Vegas, bear with me here. The backup plan now for the A's (laughs) is that they are talking about putting a stadium smack dab in the middle of the strip. They are going to rip down, raise to the ground the classic old school casino, the Tropicana. Yep. Owned by Bollies, which has been losing the money. And so they're trying to work a deal between the A's and Bollies. Yep. Great, great joke I read today. Um, I believe it was on <laughs> Yahoo where where Rob Manfred did not expect to be ripping down something it's called the, the Tropicana, Tropicana in, in Vegas. Vegas. It's the wrong Tropicana being torn down <laughs> yeah. for a team. <laughs> oh, and that reminds me of another little tidbit of news. There is a certain gentleman who I respect and admire having lived outside of Orlando for a decade. His name is Pat Williams. He, of course, spearheaded the charge to bring the Orlando Magic to Orlando. Yep. Of course, expansion team. Got it all. Now rumors are he is ready to pounce. To bring now, he says he wants an expansion team, but but I'm sure he'd be more than happy if he you're he's not putting gonna... together a stadium proposal. I'm sure he'd be more than happy to poach the Rays. Yep, you can't put a third team in Florida. They can't support the two they currently have. But I think Orlando could pull it off Orlando if they do because be they'll better. do it right. They've got the tourists right there. I think Orlando could pull it off, especially if Pat Williams is in charge of this whole deal. Yeah. And supposedly he's helping put together a package to propose a building of a stadium. Then move the Rays to Orlando. See, I think that's the ideal solution. Don't send them to Montreal. No. But 
Pat Williams is trying to be respectful. He's trying to say, no, we're not trying to steal the Rays. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. 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 We're looking at an expansion team. And they're not going to do in a third team in Florida. No. No, and the rumors are that even though they've got a brand new stadium, the Marlins are not far away from extinction in, no. in baseball either. So Pat Williams is positioning himself. He to could get either or. or two. Yeah. Either or. And again, it's all about location, location, location. Both those stadiums for the Marlins, for the Rays, are in awful, awful spots. We've talked about the Tropicana Dome. Yeah. Well, it's so damn out of the way. You can't get to it. And it's just a crap stadium. Yeah. Yep. All right. Enough with baseball. We're done with you. You've gotta you gotta catch up with your Uncle Dave. He didn't get to talk about the NFL draft, so I saved a little bit for your for your compatriot, your best friend, Uncle Dave, so he can talk about his dolphins at least. If he wants to talk about the Bears, that's fine. We can go through that again. Overall with the Bears, I'm good with what they did. They filled the needs that were there. They've got a couple of plug-and-play guys right off the bat that should be able to help immediately. I got no problems with what they did. No, I know. It do, it just doesn't have the feel of a spectacular draft, but it was a very competent draft filling needs. They didn't try and overreach for anything. They didn't do anything stupid. I st- you know I'm still disappointed that they didn't take my man. Christian Gonzalez, and he falls to Belichick. And I told you, even though Darnell Wright should be, like you said, a plug-and-play right tackle or right guard, I I am not drafting a, a weak side tackle or guard with the 10th overall pick in the draft. I'm sorry, I'm not. That was disappointing to me. That might have been the, the weakest... De- pick that they made and at uh, least they didn't take short arms from northwestern <laughs> who i believe your... went with the next pick yeah yeah no skaransky yeah um now your dolphins didn't have a lot of picks but no I... we've after a few trades and losing the first round pick because of the brady tampering issue idiots second round pick cornerback cam smith out of south carolina Gives them a little depth at that position. Uh, Has some great players in front of them to learn from. It's a great situation for this kid to come into. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey (laughs) now in. Another reason why they didn't have a lot of picks. So third rounder picked up running back Devon Achain. 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 Yep. That's right, A-Chain. Rhymes with A-Train, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I love this This kid. is a great pick. This kid is dynamic with the ball in his hands. He is quick, elusive. He can catch. He, he's a do-it-all back. As disappointing as Texas A&M was, of course, with Jimbo Fisher in charge, no shock there. This kid, every time I watched... And after a Saturday afternoon SEC game, I believe they were all on CBS. Yeah. 
this kid was the one player for Texas A&M that consistently impressed me. Yeah, so definitely a good pickup there. Uh, picked up a tight end in the sixth round, Elijah Higgins out of Stanford. Yeah, you could probably use one. And then seventh rounder, tackle Ryan Hayes out of Michigan. It's going to be a solid player playing on that Michigan offensive line. No problem with that. Fills a need. Yeah, now I saved my Buccaneers for this week as well. Basically because I ran out of time yapping about the Bears and everything else that happened. <laughs> um, by all accounts, their first round pick was good. 19th overall, Kalijah Kansi, defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. Again, like the Bears, it fills a need. They need to get stronger up the middle on that defense. The one thing that concerned me about the draft, and of course a lot of people speculating this is the uh, tanking. Oh, there's no tanking. 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 (laughs) Because they did not pick a quarterback, even though there were a ton of quarterbacks selected in this draft. Somehow the Buccaneers did not pick a quarterback. Interesting. You got Baker Mayfield on a one-year deal. And then Kyle Trask sitting behind him, who nobody <laughs> nobody has believes, any faith in. Nobody believes is a starter in the NFL. No. So there you go. Little catch up with the NFL draft, courtesy of your uncle Dave. Yep. A oh, little bit of news: the Lions finished cleaning house of their betting players. They waived their wide receiver. What was it? Uh, Stanley Brighill? Barry Hill. Barry Hill. Was it Barry, Barry Hill? Hill? Yeah. Yeah, Barry Hill. So nobody is left who bet on team premises or on football. I have a feeling we're, we're going to be talking more about betting coming up in maybe the third segment. Potentially. Hmm. 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 What do we do in the third segment? Hmm. hmm. So Colts have accused the commanders of tampering with Andrew Luck. Did it come out it was the commanders? That's who's been in the reports I've been hearing. Okay. I, I'd heard the reports that Jim Irsay was asking the NFL to investigate in and the commanders to... the commanders were the team mentioned that okay. had somebody said expressed interest into gauging if he might be interested. So there you go. More tampering. Uh, and then, of course, I believe next week we'll be able to recap the schedule, right? Oh, uh, we have the schedule. the schedule out now. We have some big releases. We have the overseas games. The Jags are playing two in London. Again, they're setting that up. They're setting the Jags up to move. Yes, they are. Hold on. Let me get the rest of them. I only wrote a couple of them down. Now, they didn't release the full schedule. Not the full schedule. Okay, I was going to say. But uh, you've got the Jets and Dolphins are playing Black Friday on Prime. The Giants-Eagles Christmas Day. Bengals-Chiefs New Year's Eve. Wow. So you've got some good stuff coming up there. Um, Like I said, the Jaguars are playing twice in London. Dolphins Chiefs are playing in Frankfurt. I was going to ask, what was the Germany game? There's two Germany games. We have 
Falcons, Jaguars in London, Jaguars, Bills in London. That'll be good. Week later. So the Jags are just going to stay there. Uh, Ravens, Titans in London, Dolphins, Chiefs, Frankfurt, Colts, Patriots in Frankfurt. Mm, Some good ones, some eh, Mm. not so good ones. Yeah. So there we go. But like I said, we'll recap the full schedule. I believe it'll be out by the time we do next week's podcast. So. Yeah. So there's a preview for you. There you go, kids. All right, that'll do it for segment one. Next up, we are going to talk playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. NHL draft lottery. I knew this was coming. <laughs> Sometimes the sun shines on a dog's ass. Yes, yes, and it in does. this case, it's Dave's ass. <laughs> he will share the good news with you who don't already know it in the next segment. We will be right back. Are you having trouble falling asleep behind the wheel of your expensive SUV? Are you finding difficulty in avoiding golf clubs thrown at you by your angry wife as you pull out? of the driveway sign up today for the tiger woods driving school sponsored by sports frenzy 2.0 we'll show you how to text ladies of the night while still driving effectively in the wee hours of the morning we'll also teach you how to ditch a suspicious backpack when you end up driving into a ditch check out sports frenzy 2.0 on spotify google radio public pocket cast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, for updates on our latest classes, including how to curse and swear in front of uptight golf fans and their children and still be adored by millions. The Tiger Woods Driving School. It's great. It's segment two of Sports Frenzy 2.0. I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. And I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. It's May 10th, 2023, here as we record, dropping as always on Thursday. This will be May 11th on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Amazon, Audible, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher! All right. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page for baseball. I'm getting better with the baseball picks. More timely when they come in. Yeah, they're all, this week was only two days late, so... I got him out there. There you go. Nas- I'm just used to doing NASCAR. NASCAR and the links to the podcast episodes. Baseball's tricky because it's a Sunday night. I usually have to wait on somebody. Nick! And by the time 10 o'clock rolls around, I'm not in the mood to screw around on Facebook. There you go. And then Monday, work and all that crap and things slide. It happens. All right, go ahead and tell the kids what monumental, awesome NHL news we have to offer them. You all know, was it a month ago, I was ridiculing the Blackhawks for winning down the stretch and helping ruin their chances of getting the number one overall pick by sliding down or moving up in the standings. Well, against the odds, they wound up with the number one pick, winning the Connor Bedard lottery. 
far and away the player to get, thought to be a generational talent. Uh, within the juniors, his play, he's already setting records for goals and points. It's good, good, good to be a Hawks fan right now. Coming up in the draft with that, we've got two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and three third-round picks. There's a lot that we can pick up to improve. Um, other parts with Bedard, his World Juniors team, the Hawks have like four of his teammates signed from that, so there's some familiarity there already. So things are looking up after the last couple of disastrous seasons. So maybe Kyle Davidson knows what he's doing, trying to rebuild from the incompetent Stan Bowman. Now I'll admit, I had to ask Dave off mic if there was actually a generational talent, one of those can't miss first picks. So he had to set the record straight. He just told you kids about it. He told me about it. Yeah, of course, this... we're supposedly getting one of those in the next NBA draft with the kid from France. We have to wait and see how it all plays out. Of course, we know the Orlando Magic will yet again win another lottery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fun, fun stuff. But we are also in the midst of the playoffs. Right now, as things stand, the Hurricanes are up 3-1 on the Devils. The Stars are even 2-2 with the Kraken. The Panthers are up 3-0 on the Maple Leafs. And the Golden Knights are up 2-1 on the Oilers. All right, I'm going to profess ignorance here. Who is the head coach of the Panthers? Right now, it I, is not Quinville. No, anymore, no, no, right? no. He left. He left as a result of the big scandal. Okay, with the Blackhawks. I thought, and, and I they was already ninety-nine percent sure. Yeah, there's already a meme picturing Connor Bedard in a Hawks jersey with the caption, "I hope the video coach isn't hands-on." Oh Jesus! Oh Jesus! That is so wrong, but so funny. I know. <laughs> And then, of course, in the coaching ranks, after a disappointing exit early in the playoffs, Gerard Gallant is out as the Rangers head coach. Now we move on to the NBA playoffs. We have got the Heat up 3-1 on the Knicks, looking to close them out tonight. Keep in mind, kids, the Heat were an eighth seed. And they are playing stellar team basketball right now. And this is this is the year where you have to start reevaluating. I've I've looked at this. You have to start reevaluating some of these coaches, some of these players. Number one, I'm going to say Eric Spolstra, goddamn hell of a coach. Yeah, you, you kind of wondered. We always gave him crap early on for being this handpicked little pretty boy successor to Pat Riley. Pat Riley knows what he's doing. Yeah, Pat Riley is very hands-off right now. This is all Spolstra. Yep, and you you can't tell me there's not a little bit of, of a personal vendetta there for Pat Riley. 
to beat up on the Knicks and beat up on them badly as the Heat are doing right now. Now, the game should be going on, game five, as we're taping here. Now, the other game on later tonight, which will end well after we're done taping the podcast, unfortunately, my worst nightmare come to life the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James and street clothes. Anthony Davis are up three games to one somehow on the defending champion Golden State Warriors. Yep. As we tape now, after the first, the Heat are up 24 to 14. Yeah, Knicks are Knicks are laying down and dying. Knicks are laying down and dying. You can blame whoever you want. You can blame. I can't blame Thibodeau. I think Thibodeau is a good head coach, not a great head coach. A lot of New York fans blaming Julius Randle, saying he is just a cancer, and they never should have signed him to a big money extension. Yep, there you go. That's what you get. But yeah, now we've got got to worry about the legacy here again. Reevaluating, reevaluating. We reevaluate Eric Spolstra as a head coach. Now, do we reevaluate LeBron James as a player? Other people, of course, have been creaming their pants over him for a decade and more. You and I have begrudgingly been saying, no, 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 he's not the greatest. He's not the best. He's not the greatest. He's not the best. Now, if he takes pretty the seventh good. seed. Seventh seed he's, Lakers. He has been getting a lot of help. From a lot of guys we don't know. From a lot yeah, of names that we don't bench know. bench has been carrying that team. And a coach that nobody knows in Darvin Ham. Yeah. No. I. Your major players. LeBron's had some decent games. But it's the bench that has carried that team. I can't tell you how much I hate this, though. I know. I can't tell you how. I thought for sure we were heading for a Lakers-Celtics final. I thought Adam Silver had manipulated this and was working this perfectly. Who did you? I initially thought it was going to be Lakers-Celtics. But now, as we look at the other series that are (sighs) off tonight, I guess Lakers-Sixers has a little bit of a historic ring to it, too. It does, since the 76ers are now up 3-2 on the Celtics, who laid down last night as we're taping. Yeah, the Celtics came into the playoffs as the odds-on favorites to win the whole thing. And I got to give the Sixers credit. Let's reevaluate another player. Let's reevaluate James Harden. James Harden has had a couple huge games here in the playoffs. he has really stepped it up. A guy who has had a miserable, miserable reputation as a big game player is finally starting to show up clutch. Of course, the MVP has been in and out with injuries. He's dinged up. But I have to give it up for James Harden actually having – Probably the best playoff run of his life. Oh, hands down. And you got to look at the Celtics and go, a lot of these players, Tatum, Brown, they have got to start showing, are they the next level? Are they the next generation of great players? Do they have the heart to come back? 
So you know that's where we're headed. You know we're heading to either Lakers Celtics or Lakers Sixers. And all we're going to see is footage of Magic Johnson, Dr. J, Larry Bird. (laughs) But there might be somebody out in Denver who has something to say about that. Yes, since the Nuggets are up 3-2 on the Suns. The former two-time MVP champion before Kendrick Perkins opened up his stupid racist mouth and started yapping about how Joel Embiid deserved it more. (sighs) I do have to admit, I love this whole game four where Nikola Jokic shoved the (laughs) owner of the Suns. Matt Not knowing Shiba. that it was him. We <laughs> claims he claims didn't know it was he him. Didn't know. But here's yeah. the thing. How about you little bitch owner ass doesn't keep the ball and and hold you don't have the right to do that. No fan has the right to do that. And at the same time, it doesn't matter who has the ball, the players should not treat the fans in that manner. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. I kind of like Jokic doing that. I did. Um, and, of course, because, oh, wow, they didn't decide to suspend Nikola Jokic and influence the outcome of the playoffs. Game four, the incident happens. Game five, no suspension. Only a $25,000 fine for Nikola Jokic. Now, again, a theme. The Maestro's theme here, reevaluating people, reevaluating coaches and players. Yes, they got beat by the Heat. The first seed, the number one seed, the Milwaukee Bucks. Wow. Just a few years ago, winning an NBA championship with Giannis, looking like they were on top of the world, looking like they were going to be able to carry on for years and years as one of the top teams in the East, which I still believe they should and could could. do. But, boy, they pulled the panic trigger quickly and fired head coach Mike Budenholzer. That was bad. That was a bad decision. And this is why I don't like the NBA, is that it is so frequent that – well, they need a new voice. The pampered athletes, the spoiled brat stars need a new voice. They don't listen to anybody. Not anymore. What, are you trying to find the right babysitter who will coddle them just the right way, like Doc Rivers is doing with Embiid and with Harden in Philadelphia? Come on. No. Budenholzer did nothing to deserve this. No, the players flopped at the wrong time. And, again, with the Lakers and the Heat, you draw your parallels there. These teams are showing by how they're marching through the playoffs now as low seeds who actually had to play in the play-in tournament that the regular season means even less than we thought it did. Yep. Why would you pay money? to go see a regular season NBA game? Why would you watch on television a regular season NBA game when all now you have to do is just sneak in at the tail end, which isn't that hard to do? get in there. I'm fired up about this. I can't stand this. 
And again, this all it's reeks a load of, of horse crap. It all reeks of manipulation again. I absolutely hate the play-in round. Absolutely hate that. There's no place for it. It's more ticket sales, more ratings, money more ad dollars. Money-grubbing crap. Everybody gets a trophy, Dave. Everybody gets a participation mm. trophy. Balls. All right, let's move on to the college game. Unfortunately, real quick, with one big headline. The USC Trojans are now going to be the marquee program, it looks like, in college basketball. Because, of course, Bronny James is now going to USC. As a one and done. And now news breaks joining him, transferring in. Dennis Rodman's son, DJ Rodman, (laughs) will also be on that team for USC. Probably also as a one and done. I wonder what color hair he's going to (laughs) have. Will he take his father's image? Dennis is telling him how long of a drive it is from the USC campus to Vegas and all the strip clubs (laughs) and the chicken ranch. (laughs) And where to stop in between. You know. (laughs) God help us. All right. Miscellaneous sports news. We're saving NASCAR for the third segment, so we have more than enough time to discuss it. Plus, we've got one pick hanging out there. We're waiting on possibly, maybe we'll get it. We got to talk about our man, Doug, one of our eight panelists, his seemingly favorite, quote unquote, sport, horse racing, (laughs) of course, this past Saturday was the Kentucky Derby. Mage wins the Derby, but overshadowed, of course, scandals. Shocking. What? In horse racing? No. Shocking. Last week, as I taped solo, I mentioned there were four horses at that point during the week who had died. Now, as we look back up to the race on Saturday proper, seven horses died at Churchill Downs the week before the Kentucky Derby. That's ridiculous. And yes, we've made fun of PETA, and we've joked about how sometimes they go too far. But this is scary. That's that's frightening. What the hell is going on in Churchill Downs? Yeah. That's inexcusable. There is no reason for this. I don't like animal sports. I never have. I never will. I don't like greyhound racing. I don't, obviously, dog fighting, you know, horse racing. None of that does anything for me. Animals should not be put in that situation. And to have seven horses die because of this bunch of mint julep, slurping assholes, pretentious asshats, offends me and i'm the first guy who's gonna rip on PETA for overreach but in this case this is wrong yeah there's something seriously wrong with what's going on there that's absolutely inexcusable then we find out that the 
de facto favorite, Forte, who was scratched because of supposedly a hoof issue, actually ends up, it comes out, he failed a drug test back in (laughs) September. Oh, gee, who was the trainer? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if the uh, name Baffert came up at any point in time (laughs) in this, but uh, yeah, I know where you're going with that. I know where you're going with that. All right, and finally, wrapping up segment two, a little controversy that Dave and I discussed a while back. I think you have to go back to the the deep, dark anals. I mean, annals <laughs> of the first year of our podcast, those episodes, to discuss, to find the discussion about the San Diego State punter, Matt Areza. Yes. And we talked about the fact that something about this was hinky. Something about this wasn't right. We we said if, in fact, he did this, he deserves whatever he gets. But we needed to make sure all the facts were there. Well, lo and behold, as the alleged rape investigation continues... He's nowhere on any of the video footage of the idiot players who actually were assaulting this woman, videotaping themselves and their friends, posting it everywhere. Mr. Ariza was nowhere in said video videos. Witnesses say he had left the party before that even happened. One hour. One hour before the alleged rape happened, he was nowhere to be found. He had left. And the thing that really upsets me and should scare everybody out there, because remember, it's not paranoia if they are out to get you. Yep. Just because they had a little something at some point during the party, and then she got taken advantage of by these other players, she remembers him and thinks he was part of it. And keep in mind, this we're going back to 2020 for this incident. Yeah. Matareza was supposed to be the next great, I know it's... It's a punter. It's a punter, but he was supposed to be the next great punter. They were calling him the punt god because he'd kicked an 80-yarder in preseason. He was going to sign with the Bills. Probably going to be, again, one of the top two or three punters in the league. For a decade or at least. And his career sidetracked, if not ruined. By these allegations. The prosecutor's office declined to file charges after looking at the evidence. A 200-page transcript, which finally came to light this week, detailing what Dave just told you. This is why the case never went to court against But him. somehow it is still lingering because there's a civil case pending. They are still trying to destroy this kid's life, even though he left an hour before the assault occurred. 
This is why you might hate us here on Sports Frenzy. This is why we label ourselves explicit when we talk about things like this. You got to look at all sides. We've heard about years past the Duke rape case that Rolling Stone magazine basically yeah, tried to team. Right. Rolling Stone magazine jumped on that acting like, oh, we're journalists. We've got integrity. Destroying these kids' lives. When and it there all was turned nothing out nothing there. All turned out it was nothing. So you can take your hashtag Me Too movement and stick it up your ass because everybody is accountable. Everybody can be liable. Everybody can be a liar. Everybody can be wrong. Everybody can be vindictive. I don't care if you're man, woman, black, white, gay, straight. I don't trust anybody. And when I hear stories like this, I trust the media and everybody even less. Especially the media. You can be in the wrong place at the wrong time, do nothing wrong, and have your life shattered and destroyed because of false accusations and stop believing one side over the other. Innocent until proven guilty. Fuck social media. It's not the other way around. The trolls in mommy's basement don't get to decide justice. And that is what this country has become. And I'm sick of it. Some Matareza should be suing this girl and her family. Exactly. Take She gets the money if it happened. She gets the money from the families of the men who did it and should give it right back to Matareza for destroying his chance at an NFL career. There you go. I'm sorry, but I, I hate this crap. I hate this crap. And who do we blame? We blame Ted Turner to hell. For creating the 24-hour news cycle. Which in turn has spawned all these pundits and idiots without jobs, with nothing better to do than to get on Fox News and CNN message boards Ugh. and start calling everybody they don't agree with names or jumping to Conclusions. judgment on people like this before all the facts are in. Woo! As the great Ric Flair would say. There I'm fired go. up, man. And hey, NASCAR's fired up at the end of that Dover race. We got that coming up Kansas here. Kansas City. Or Kansas City. Sorry, that was the other week. After Kansas City, tempers flared. And we are going to have that for you after the next break. One quick promo. Dave and I'll be right back recapping Kansas City and looking forward to Darlington. We will be right back. Hi, my name is Kyrie Irving, NBA superstar of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, the Boston Celtics. Whoops. Brooklyn Nets. Damn. Dallas Mavericks. And while I may leave a trail of wreckage wherever I go, I still like to spend my off time listening to Sports Frenzy on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon, and Audible. And if you don't like it, it's not my fault. It's your fault. Hell, nothing's ever my fault. Kyrie is never, ever wrong, people. 
All right, as much as we hate to admit it, this is the third and final segment here on May the 10th, 2023. Time to wrap things up, Sports Frenzy 2.0, but we have still got NASCAR. We have got, I have at least, the Clint Eastwood Badass of the Week. We have got very very significant moments of silences as well. Yep. Moments of silence, moments of silence I would Moments of silence. What's the what's the Latin pronunciation on that? Momentum di silenciae? Something like that. <laughs> yes, we're uh, getting stupid and giddy. We've had a few beers, so a few adult beverages. It's getting to the end of this. There we go. <laughs> All right, NASCAR wrapping up last week's race, Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> The punch heard round the garage, but we'll get to that. Yep. Denny Hamlin wins, gets his first win of the season. Yep. Kind of does a little bump and run on Larson there in the last lap. Yep. William Byron had the pull, had some trouble early, bounced back, got a good finish. Yep. Finished third. But of course, the big story of the race was... Ross Chastain, once again, causing mayhem, takes out Noah Gregson. Gregson confronts him after the race, walks up, grabs him, starts shoving him. Chastain hauls off and hits him in the side of the head with the right roundhouse. And security got in there pretty darn quick, so Gregson couldn't retaliate. Oh, stop picking on the melon man. I am so tired of this. Yes, he's an aggressive driver. And yes, occasionally he causes the problems. But guess what? But he has become the villain for no good reason. No, he's no more aggressive than Kyle Busch has been. Kurt Busch, Earnhardt, Waltrip. You can go on and on with the guys who have been accused of being rough drivers. The problem is NASCAR starting to turn into a reflection of our society, and Denny Hamlin is the number one culprit. He's a little snowflake who bitches and pisses and moans and whines anytime anybody gets in his way and says, they're causing me problems. They're not letting me race. And it just happens to be the fact that Hamlin and Chastain run a lot together because they're two of the best drivers out there. Yep. And gee, I believe that at the end of the race to get the win, Hamlin tried to wreck Larson, gave him the bump, put him in the wall and off he went and even said after the race that, yeah, I'd be pissed if I had happened to me. Well, there you go. You little snowflake pain in the ass. And he'll still retire with zero. Zero cup championships. I firmly believe now his time has passed. He he needed to win one the previous two or three years. I don't I do not think he can compete with the younger drivers coming up. And still you've got Chase Elliott. You've still got the the guys who are at the peak of their careers. He's on the tail end. Yep. I don't know that it's gonna happen for him. Nope. But you never know. He might come back after retiring. Hmm. Jimmy Johnson's done it. And now the latest, Flying Ryan Newman. 
coming back for a run. Oh, my, Ryan. Oh, my. Coming back with Rick Ware for select races in the Cup Series this year, 2023. Yep. And, of course, he's he committed got the... to HSX as well. Yep. Yeah, the SRX that, gave oh, him the bug. HSX, Jesus Christ. SRX, yes. <laughs> so we're looking forward to that when it resumes this summer. That's going to be fun. That's a fun, fun evening of racing. Yep. That should be right in the heart of summer, July, I believe. Yeah. And I am so sorry, HSX, stupid-ass movie stock game I've been playing <laughs> for 30 years that I play every fucking morning. And I apologize for my faux pas. There you go. <laughs> but, and of course, I read today that Ryan Newman's throwback scheme for Darlington is an old Ryan Newman <laughs> scheme. Why not? <laughs> so... Yeah. What the hell? That was it. We've got Carl Edwards is going up into the booth. Wow. They're coming up. He's making a rare public appearance. Carl is making a rare public appearance. Wow. Who has the guts to ask him, what the hell is going on with you? (laughs) Why are you the only good retired NASCAR driver who won't do promotion who won't jump back in a car once in a while because he's done he's got his life he's got there's, a life you beyond. know there's been a lot of speculation about they were talking politics then they were talking about some kind of scandal is why he abruptly quit who knows but now this for our purposes is a very important race here the goodyear 400 at darlington This is halfway through the regular season. Race 13 coming up here Sunday, the 14th of May. But it's still too early for me to invoke the statesman. No, I wasn't going to say that. You're ahead of Bill now. Bill's dropped behind (laughs) you. (laughs) And that's considering the fact that this week he had Larson, who who ran really well. Yeah. But, no, I was going to say that you know what happens after Darlington. It's the all-star race, Mr. Yes, North Wilkesboro. I think you owe the people some homework, don't you? That will be there when we get to it. (laughs) All right. All right. You're running out of time. I got time. You're running out of time. I got time for Wilkesboro. And I know you're looking forward to this. I love that track. Yep. So you might actually watch. I might actually watch the all-star event just because it's going back to one of the original tracks. Yep. I heard they're already trying to get the logistics back in place because it's been so long. They're working on traffic flow and parking and Yep. Oh yeah, they they're putting a lot into yeah, it. Yeah, we don't need another clusterfuck like what happened when they started racing at Kentucky. Oh my god, that was just bad. And that led to the quick demise of that track in yeah. the Cup Series. All right, kids. Like I said, Goodyear 400 this Sunday, Darlington, halfway through the regular season after this race. Seven of our eight experts have their picks in. Looks like Dave and Sam are of like mind. Yep. We are hoping to pull off the back-to-back with Mr. Denny Hamlin, who typically runs very well at the Lady in Black. 
Bill and Aaron also of like mind as they both take Martin Truex Jr., who's been running very well as of late. Got me a win. Yep. A little resurgence there. Nick is taking Chase Elliott. Still holding on to him for the road courses. Yep. I believe. Hoping, hoping that leg will be healed up enough and that he gets enough rehab in it and endurance for the shifting and yeah, everything Yeah, I think we've else. got a road, a road course coming up right after the All-Star race, as a matter of fact. Yes, yes, we do. Doug is going with Mr. Kyle Busch. Nice bounce back spot. I could see it. Yep. And then your pick, your love-hate relationship. Yeah. Every time I look back at my picks, my historical picks, throughout the last three or four seasons for the Frenzy Cup, I notice, why didn't I take Joey Logano more? You know, you max out on Chase Elliott. You max out on Denny Hamlin. You max out on all the good drivers. But I, I always seem to only take Logano once or not at all or maybe twice. And then you look at the results when you do pick him. Yes. So for some reason, I mean, last year he ran really well at Darlington in the two races. So I figure it's about time sliced bread in his awful, nasty hair plugs, hair weave, <laughs> whatever it is that he's got a ferret living on top of his head stapled <laughs> to his scalp. It's about time Slice Bread wins another race. So I'm taking Joey Logano. So watch. He will wreck out in five laps. <laughs> Wouldn't that be your luck? Yeah, he is the one that I cannot depend upon. I just cannot. Like Ryan Blaney has always worked out well for me at Super Speedways. <clears throat> yeah. He always seems to survive. He always seems to put, put up 30, 35 points, which is great for a super speedway. I could put Joey Logano on a go-kart track against a bunch of seven-year-olds or midgets, and he would end up losing if I picked him to win. We'll see if it happens. You never know. Yeah. What are the odds? <laughs> All right. All right. So I have a Clint Eastwood badass of the week. Now, you might not agree with this. Let me explain my logic here. Oh, God. We're going to golf. Tommy Cool, K-U-H-L. I anticipate, I suspect that name is pronounced, though, Cool. You can judge him based on this, this incident. I don't like cheaters. I don't like people who bend the rules. But golf is a strange and different animal. They have some... the most idiotic, stupid rules that you have ever heard of. So Tommy Cool plays for the University of Illinois, plays golf for the University of Illinois. He recently had the opportunity in that state to play in a U.S. Open qualifier. Tore up the course. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess that's, that's a bad, that's a bad that's choice a bad, of words. Bad, bad phrasing. 
he he set a course record with a 62 easily qualified for the next round of US Open qualifiers here's the problem this course that they played on was aerated who aerates the greens before a qualifying tournament a lot of questions about why they actually played this on a course that gets aerated. Now, for you kids who don't know, aerated is when they punch holes in the grass to help make it grow thicker and stronger. They but aerated this the includes, greens. This includes the greens. Which is like putting on a washboard. Now, again, Tommy Cool set a course record with a 62 on this aerated course. Problem is, those of us who've played golf, most of us have. You you take a shot from the fairway, you replace your divot. Right. The ball lands on the green, it leaves a divot, you repair said divot. You pry it up to flatten it out. But the golf rules state explicitly that you can do all that, but you cannot repair damage done by an aerator and it looks like tommy cool at least in his mind after the round it ended he read that rule and he said i think i did try to repair some of the aerated holes and marks on the course not realizing he got disqualified self-reported have to wait another year to try to qualify again for the U.S. Open. I give the kid credit for, despite the fact, again, the rules of golf are so ridiculous at times. And this is one of those times. I prefer to have some integrity with the people on this world, the people that I associate with, the people that I live with day to day, day in, day out. So for that reason alone, I'm giving Tommy Cool my Clint Eastwood badass of the week. Because despite the fact and if there's he didn't any, have to, no. Rory McElroy never have. would have. Tiger sure as hell wouldn't have. Tommy Cool, as Dave said, self-reported, cost himself a year of being eligible for a U.S. Open qualifier. Golf is so F up stupid that should never have been played on that course to begin with if they were just aerated that's a disservice to every golfer to begin with yeah how can you put on a green that's been aerated that's just ridiculous and for him to have put up a course record in that come on for shame on the PGA, for shame on that golf course. All right, moments of silence. Um, Wow. Wow. Three major, massive names in the history of sports, baseball, basketball, and football, all represented. And golf. First up, Denny Crum legendary head coach at the University of Louisville. Shame how later on a certain scumbag named Rick Patino had to disgrace 
the reputation that he established for that program. Yeah. And Denny Crum was one of the first big time college head coaches I remember watching on TV growing up. So thoughts and prayers to the friends and family of the late great Louisville head coach Denny Crum. Yep, moving to football. Joe Cap, Minnesota Vikings quarterback, is the only quarterback to have played in the Rose Bowl, the Super Bowl, and the Grey Cup. So thoughts and prayers to his family and friends. Yep. No, tough. You could just tell by the footage. Just looked like a tough. He looked like a football player, man. <laughs> yeah. He looked like he could have been a linebacker versus a quarterback. Exactly. Exactly. Now, another another childhood memory for me. Yes, the Cubs are my team. You know, started watching the Cubs in the mid-70s. Obviously, every day, WGN. But before the Cubs, I have memories. I have recollections of watching the awesome, fantastic Oakland A's of the mid-70s, the early to mid-70s, with Joe Rudy, Sal Bando, Reggie Jackson, and the great, great Vita Blue, who passed away this this last week. Yep. One of the great pitchers in baseball history. Yep. Ken Holtzman was on that team. Yep. I mean, that team was... Right before the Big Red Machine, those two teams back to back in the early 70s, mid mid to late 70s. I mean, you had the Oakland A's, the Cincinnati Reds, those two teams were, I would put them up against any baseball team of all time. Fuck the Yankees. Yankees, oh, you got to go up against the Yankees from what, 2000, 1990? No. Fuck the Yankees. No. Derek Jeter couldn't hold Sal Bando's dick, okay? Let alone Vita Blues. I'm sorry. There I, you go. That's why, again, baseball, everybody talks about how baseball is a game that us older folk still look back on with fondness because we remember those days. We remember the days of Charlie Hustle. The great history of the sport. Reggie Jackson before, of course, he went to the Yankees. When guys played their asses off day in, day out, never took a day off. And, of course, one of the most famous incidents in baseball involved a player from the Big Red Machine and a player from the Oakland A's that would have been in the All-Star game Yep, with Pete Rose running down, blasting. Was it Gene Tennis? Yeah. At the plate. The red player destroying the Oakland A's catcher. Yeah, that, that was that was vicious. Yeah. One of the few things that Bud Selig <laughs> tried to do and had right, and of course it got reversed, was that he tried to bring back some kind of relevance to the All-Star game. Yeah. To bring back some of the juice that we got from that moment by making it for the home field advantage in the World Series. No, we can't do that. No, that's not right. No. It's an exhibition. 
No, you it doesn't have, have to be an exhibition. You don't have to make it an exhibition. Make it meaningful. And you know what? Since they took that away, I absolutely hate, hate the fact that they mic up the players and talk to them during the game. They're talking to them as they're trying to make a damn play. It's absolutely ridiculous and stupid. If you're going to do that crap, just eliminate the game entirely. All right, the final moment of silence. Golf champion Don January won the 67 PGA Championship. I remember so, Don January, yeah. Yeah, thoughts and prayers to his family and friends. Yep. That one I did not hear about. That shocks me. I remember Don January. Again, watch golf with my dad every weekend. All right. I, I am hesitant to play dumbass or not with you this week because I know one of them is somebody you want to discuss. Oh, we can already... get into it. So, All right. I will leave plenty of time for that. <clears throat> we got five. So let's go ahead and play. Let's play and Red make Foreman's. that one the final to get into it. All right. Five. In the Red Foreman. <clears throat> dumbass or not competition of the week. There's going to be a recurring theme here. Two two recurring themes. Let's start off with ESPN's John Anderson. Talking hockey. Talking about the Las Vegas Golden Knights player, Zach Whitecloud. Of course, a Native American. Yep, first Native American to be playing from his tribe. Again, so many times. How many times do we have to say this? Don't you understand you're on a live mic? Don't you understand you're on national TV? What is running through your stupid ass heads to say these things? So John Anderson is talking about Zach Whitecloud and says, yeah, he's got a great name if you're toilet paper. What a stupid ass. Oh, my God. This, there is no excuse for that. None whatsoever. And remember, kids, who you're dealing with here. Dave and I are the most politically incorrect people you're ever going to come across. But we're also smart. And we know there are certain rules, certain boundaries you do not break and you do not cross. So, 1-0? Oh, 1-0 for sure. Well, let's stay in the same vein. And this one should be easy. <laughs> A's broadcaster Glenn Kuyper. This disgusts me because if you use this word, even when you didn't mean to, it was in your brain. It was in your heart. A's broadcaster Glenn Kuyper yep. recently on a road trip in Kansas City visiting the Negro League Museum. The Negro League Museum. Slips another N-word in instead of Negro. On an interview, okay. rightfully suspended. But the thing is, if you misspeak and use that word, that word's in your mind. That word's in the front of your mind. You know? Yeah, that's, that's what bothers me. Inexcusable. That's what bothers me more it's than anything. Inexcusable. If that word is the first word that pops into your mind when you misspeak, 
then that word is ingrained in your DNA and it is there waiting for you to use it for some reason, whether it's upbringing, whatever it might be. And again, I'm telling you, Dave and I have no problem being rude, crude, and obnoxious as hell. But this stuff is just stupid beyond belief. Speaking of stupid beyond belief, two USC students, ages boggle my mind. One was 41, the other was 19. What? Yeah, from like the media communications department, something like that. Okay. We're at the NFL draft with credentials, decided to steal three jerseys <sighs> from a secure area in the draft room. Dumbasses. <sighs> you know, the jerseys where they have the number ones on Yeah. Them? Yeah. They decided, let's go in and steal three of those. Idiots. Again, 41 years old? How drunk did you have to be to listen to the 19-year-old to do that crap? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. How do you know the 19-year-old? Was know, the impetus turn, behind it? Turn the tables a little bit here, yeah. Maybe the 41-year-old came up with the idea? Just saying. But either way. Idiots. Couple of dumbasses. Dumb we we talk about how we don't like gambling in sports. We think it was a bad idea, and we're starting to see more and more of it. Dave earlier talked about the Lions finally ejecting the last of the four violators. Right. Now, in college baseball, we've got issues. Alabama baseball coach Brad Bohannon fired as Ohio and New Jersey halt betting on his team as allegations, innuendos float around now, news comes out, Iowa and Iowa State are also being investigated for... Never should open this Pandora's box, nope, Dave. never, never, never. People get sorry. wind of something and start placing major bets opposite of what you think it should be. You know there's got to be some manipulation going on. Yeah, and I'm sorry. This is like the DUI to me. This is like you have personal choices to make, and you choose to do this stupid-ass crap, betting, wasting your money, wasting your family's money, wasting money that could go to your kids or your wife or your husband's, whatever the case may be. Dumbass. Final dumbass I'm going to leave to you. We already know how you feel about this one. You tell the people about our fifth and final dumbass. I think I'm undefeated again, though. There you go. All right. Last dumbass of the night. Bob Huggins, the man who is... He's a villain in college coaching. Yes, he's been a good college coach. This is also the guy who, when he coached for Cincinnati, was arrested for a DUI with puke all over the inside of himself and the car just not a great guy he's had some issues so he's back in cincinnati where he started coaching where he had his dui and was let go on the radio talking about the rivalry with xavier dropping a homophobic slur and then double downing it again throwing in 
that it's a Catholic university and using that same slur. It's an F word for it's a homophobic slur with an F to begin. We're not going to use the word. Right. But some people would say it's British for cigarettes. Let's put there it you way. go. So he does this. Two days it takes for West Virginia to come up with a punishment. And mind you, fucking Gordon E. Gordon G is the president who had to step down from Ohio State when he used derogatory Catholic slurs against Notre Dame. He was forced out of Ohio State. So again, this guy is a piece of garbage as well. So what does Huggins get? Oh, they're restructuring his contract so it's year to year. He's losing a million dollars a year. He has to go through sensitivity training. He's going to have a reported significant suspension. It's come down. It's going to be three games, which you know are going to be the first three games against the weakest teams. And that's it. Anybody else in any other organization probably would have lost their job. But no, not when it comes to an almighty sports coach and a piece of crap president who has his own issues. Yeah, and let's not overlook the fact that, yes, using that that gay slur, they tied religion in as well. Yeah. So it wasn't just... A gay slur. It was also a religious slur. Yep. Double and, down. And with G's history, absolute crap. Yeah, Bob Huggins is definitely one of the nastiest human beings, by all accounts, you would ever encounter in life, basketball coach or not. He's Dave. He's Kev. We are out. But check out the weekend edition, New Winger. We will talk to you later.